but I do have a New Year's resolution show specific. Well, life, ooh, ooh. life in general, but very show specific as well. Uh, to be more positive. We're going to be more positive <laughs> in 2019. Welcome to Yak Sports, your Augusta County sports podcast. And we are on Yak Sports Podcast for another episode. Leland, uh, the national championship has been played. It is over. And as we both predicted, Clemson, of course, won. Um, no, in all seriousness, we did think Alabama was going to win. Uh, Leland tried to be like me and make his projections. Uh, he's going to say that he was purposely vague. Uh, there was nothing vague about it. He was assuming Alabama was going to win because they forced a three and out and got the ball. And um, then he says, I'm projecting uh, this game is over or something, I believe is what the text said. And that's when the pick six happened. And it was all, no, it, it, it got all, away from in all Alabama. Honesty, in all honesty, I was trying to be vague. I had thought, hey, as soon as the ball kicks, I'm going to send him a text and like, it's over. So that way I would beat you to it. Um, and uh one of the children got in the way of that. So I really wasn't trying to do it at the timing that you indicate, but I also wasn't really making a claim. I was just being a little smart about it, but right. what a game though, like for, for it to be, wind up being a blowout. How interesting was that? That first quarter was amazing going back and forth, pick six, 60 yard touchdown, both teams score it. I mean, it was fun in the beginning. And then all of a sudden, Hey, Clemson can't get off the field. Alabama can't, you know, force a uh, third down, you know, Clemson's converting all their third downs. And then uh, that continued in the third quarter after halftime. And that's when Clemson really took off. And that it was awesome. It was a very entertaining game for being the score that it was any other game. I would have checked out probably mentally. And I was still in the middle of the fourth quarter watching it very closely. So yeah, see, my problem was I was so excited for Clemson. I was up well past the game being over. Uh, and I watched a lot of the post game, which I don't usually do when my team isn't involved in those games because <sighs> asleep. Um, but <laughs> the, you know, I, I was so caught up in that game just because Clemson was dominating. I mean, and it was a dominant performance. Uh, we saw some very uncharacteristic things for Nick Saban in that game. I thought he made a lot of questionable decisions that didn't work out that fourth down where he faked the field goal. Look, that after was after watching the kicker on the first two extra points, I get it. You don't want to kick ever again. I understand that completely. But if you're going to go for it, exactly. Keep your offense on the field. The fake. And here's the thing, Leland. This, this was the even worse part. You can't even say, well, we saw something we liked. Because I noticed sitting on a couch downstairs with my neighbors watching the game, Clemson's basically got two guys down on the line and everyone else is backed off. So that tells me Clemson's not rushing this kick. They're looking for something. And Alabama fakes it anyway and when they fake it they run yeah it was i terrible. didn't understand it was it's such an odd call it didn't work obviously then fourth down they go for it again that doesn't work and clemson just pulls away and i'm telling I, you i was really impressed with the clemson yeah. offense back to that kick though if that kicker practices every day kicking a football and he wasn't doing that very well why do you think him running like him blocking i guess Oh, what an that. awful block that like, was. What, what, I could have on? done that. Like, what are you thinking? I couldn't believe that call. And like you, I was impressed too. I I thought, how good has Alabama looked all season where enough for, for you and I all season have just said Alabama's a mile ahead. And then we, 
we we established Clemson was, you know, the second best team, but not as good as Bama, but still probably way ahead of other teams. And then last week they both established they were better. But for them to just control that game was very impressive. If they play four times, do I think it goes like that every single time? I think momentum really got on their side and things went well. But I think they established athletically they're just as good as Alabama, and they came in with a better game plan than Alabama, and that doesn't happen often. And you really got to look at that defensive coordinator that's been there forever and doesn't seem to want to be going anywhere as as kind of the difference maker. That defense was so tough, didn't allow Bama after some early shots to really do anything, and – Alabama, meanwhile, every year has to replace all their coordinators because they're going out for different jobs. You know, it, it really says something to having a program that can rely on the same people every single year. Trevor Lawrence did not look the most accurate quarterback during that game at times, but he made some big down-the-field throws when his team needed him to, and uh, Ross was phenomenal. Uh, that one-handed catch, and the game had been pretty much decided anyway, but that one-handed catch he had along the sideline, I was like, I mean, what do you do if you're Alabama? Yeah. That was defended really well. Uh, that the was pass wasn't reason. even that good, and he just reaches behind him and yeah. comes out with his one-handed catch, and that, and that kid's a sophomore. Or, excuse me, plays. a freshman. Freshman, and, freshman, yeah. Those and, big and Lawrence is a freshman. That game interesting. And, and those guys, they're both freshmen. Lawrence, Ross, both freshmen. So for the next at least two years, they're in college. I mean, the offensive attack from Clemson is going to be hard to handle the next couple of years. And plus, they're adding Alabama's in young. around it. It's crazy. Alabama was young. I mean, uh, that was the thing when I watched that game. And, you know, my friend in Texas and I, we talked, too. And he he's a graduate of Virginia Tech. And he goes, you know, my one takeaway from this game is we will never, ever win an ACC championship as long as Dabo Sweeney is at Clemson. Because those two teams, when you're watching that game, you just realize – they are so much better than everyone else. That's going to be your national championship next year. I mean, it is. Well, they got to. They got to do part five. They're two and two, right? We, we got to see the, yeah, the, the best of five. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. And and I know there was complaints uh, from the public, I guess. Not from me. I, they were established as the two best teams. I had no problem seeing that again this year. I was excited to watch it last night. I didn't watch as much post game, but I watched pregame, which I don't always do for these games because I was I excited watch to watch it. And, you know, from seven, seven o'clock on, I was watching. So it, I was excited for it. And honestly, saying today, if they play again next year, I'll be excited for it again. Yeah. I mean, look, I'm not going to lie. I, if they play again next year, I might have some fatigue with the game, especially if I, now I don't think Nick Saban's going to let that happen again. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I was, I just didn't think that was going to happen. I thought maybe Clemson hangs around and then falls apart in the fourth quarter. I didn't think Clemson was going to win. So seeing them absolutely destroy Alabama in the fashion they did was really surprising. And and look, yeah. Tua Tua looked human. Tua did not look good in that game. And that the, early pick was was a bad bad pass. But and he, and uh, he you it, see, I I took that the other way. I thought the first pick I can almost forgive him. I just thought that was a great defensive play. He jumped the route perfectly. I thought that was a great defensive the play. Later one was the second one was coach. bad. He threw into triple coverage. That's in for that's unforgivable. You can't yeah, do it. It was over the top bad. I yeah, yeah. I I don't know. I he was human and um it's probably bad for the rest of us that he got reminded of that because he's probably going to oh, yeah. go into the off season that much more motivated. Uh, for a guy that probably doesn't need any motivation to be the best quarterback in, in college. I mean, he was at the Heisman final Heisman finalist this year. You could really make a case for him being the Heisman uh, trophy winner. 
Um, and now he's going to be coming back and without looking over his shoulder, most likely. So it, it's just both these teams have a lot to look forward to next year. So it's going to be, uh, you know, you complain about it. You complain about the same thing every year or, you know, very predictable. But as long as they really do look the best, I'm not going to have a problem with it. If Again, I want to see the best teams in the championship. And I think we saw that this year. I think we've seen it in the past. And I can't. I mean, Georgia's the only team I would throw at having a chance of rising up to that. But I'll watch next football season to see who who surprises us and who who will have a shot to get in the playoff and maybe knock one of them off. Does Alabama make it through the regular season undefeated? I mean, they they don't all the time. I mean, usually they kind of get knocked off once, but they they still come around and win it. So what what does LSU, what does Auburn do next year against them uh, in the process? Because as good as Alabama is, those other teams are very talented. The teams I just mentioned, the, the teams that potentially play are very talented. And if Alabama's not at their best, like they were last night, they can get knocked off. Yeah. Uh, Clemson's probably the one that's going to go. Clemson's not going to have anybody in their way. Special. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. The coastal is a train wreck and I don't see anyone in the Atlantic holding a candle to Clemson. So, um, really I mean, the Florida ACC State as a whole might be is not able to rebound. Good. No. For- and and be better, but they're they're not. That's gonna a team be that didn't go to Clemson. a bowl they're game this year. They're gonna have to get year. Clemson on a terrible night. Yeah. Yeah. Um. It, it, this is what I got, and again, this is gonna be you know dwelling on the Virginia Tech side of this, and my this is something my friend brought up, and I totally agreed with him. He said there were at least four quarterbacks on rosters in that game that were better than <laughs> anyone that Virginia Tech has. Yeah. Kelly Bryant, Trevor Lawrence, Jalen Hurts, and Tua are all better than anyone on Virginia tech. And he goes, and honestly, that's only because I haven't seen the third string guys for those teams. They're probably better too. And that's the thing. I mean, Kelly Bryan went on the roster, but that's the thing about um, Virginia tech is that we got to, we got to recruit that type of player to Virginia tech and convince them to come play for us instead of go to Alabama and be one of them. Um, And I would like to think Quincy has a shot at getting to a pretty high level, but yeah, he's, he's currently, he's got to get on the field. Yeah. yeah, he's not a freshman. You know, like we're watching these freshmen on these teams, and last year was two was freshman year. This year's uh, Trevor's first year. You know, Quincy wasn't that as a freshman. So, um, but I I do want to see. I guess if we're transferring to Virginia Tech here, I want to see us progress to where maybe as seniors or as a, a you know an older team, and that's probably not next year. What how we can compete against some of these teams in one games, but it. it we got to be able to win the coastal first and we got to do this and that. But I, you start looking at it like basketball in my mind, when these two teams have established themselves so good, you just got to get into that one game and see what can happen. And you want to come with that more experienced team. And that's what you look for in the tournament. When you start picking upsets, you look for that, that Marshall that has a bunch of older guys that, that play well together. You look for that. Um, uh, how many teams can I mention uh, from past years? You know, that senior laden team that can pull that upset off. And I'd like to think that we could progress to that. You in the past have said you don't see us being able to do that. I just, that's what I, that's my only hope right now is can we get into an upset situation? Cause we are nowhere close to even heading in the right way to be as good as Alabama or Clemson. We're, we're more worried about who has seniority than who has more talent playing right now is my fear. But you know, time will tell. We'll see yeah, what happens uh, with the quarterback. Uh, I, I, I'm hoping that gets proven wrong. <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping so too. But before we go to Virginia Tech's schedule news that came out this week, I do want to say my one worry, 
and this is going to be from a business side of the college football playoff. If Alabama and Clemson are playing again, we saw some networks take a chance going head to head with that game this year. I would love to see what the ratings are. Um, the three hour premiere of the bachelor came out same night to me. That's a big show in the country. Now I'm not going to watch it, but it's a big show in the country. I'm surprised they go head to head with the college football national championship. Um, America's got talent is another one that came out um, last night and went head to head. I don't remember that being the case. Now, maybe I'm just not remembering it because I don't watch either of those shows, but knowing both of those shows premiered last night really surprised me. I would have thought they would have said at this point, well, let's just put it off another week and not go head to head with a huge football game, which is a major popular sport in this country. But I think well, maybe they took into account, well, these teams have already played three times. This is the fourth time they've played. Maybe people are tired of it and decided to go. No, they established it. those premier dates well before that game was decided. So if that kind of decision was made, it yeah, was just okay, made that's against that's fair. fill in the blank. And so you're also saying ABC, Buena Vista, Disney, who owns. Yeah. Odd decision. Odd decision. They what they're doing. I don't know so, what they were thinking. That's, that's taking away from your own brand. I, I, I don't know. Maybe you think you're not pulling from the same audience there. That's fair. I, I don't know. I, don't I would know. think I there'd be a lot of wives that would want to watch that, though. I'm sure a lot of couples watch it. I'm, I'm no, sure. that's yeah. that's a fair point. As a as a past Project Runway watcher, mm. I'm sure a lot of couples watch it. So um, I don't know. I think they know what they're doing. I would be surprised if this is the first time The Bachelor premiered on the on that 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 night. I I would think. Knowing my just thinking back on the history of those shows, I I, I bet it's happened before. Okay. Uh, America's Got Talent might be a point to be made. So, I I don't know, I don't know. I, I that's a that's a really Leland topic. I usually dive into the media stuff like that. So I appreciate. It. I'm going to research it and uh, come back with answers. Yeah, come back next week. <laughs> let me know. Uh, let's let's talk Virginia Tech. Um, the news finally broke. It's Rhode Island. That's the second FCS team that's going to go on the schedule. You and I have touched on this briefly, so we don't need to talk about it a lot. I get that it's a home game. I get it's almost a necessity thing, but this is just money. Yeah. Even me who is big on spite and revenge, I think you ride out the East Carolina game one more time if it means you don't have to play two FCS teams. I don't like teams playing one FCS team, so the thought of Virginia Tech playing two disgusts me. I didn't like people aren't aware that you to count towards bell eligibility, you can only play one FCS team. Yeah, so this exactly. Really only one counts. Money, this is a money grab. 100% it's a money grab. And I think it's an effort to make up for last year not getting the home game against East Carolina. And then also – But you got a little the bit home game top. against Marshall. They didn't make money on that thing. General admission tickets at the end of the year that didn't sell out. I mean, this probably won't sell out either, but it's early in the season. It, it's going to do better. They're going to make money off this. It's a money grab. So Virginia Tech has to win. If Assuming they beat both FCS teams, which is not a given, they have to win uh, seven games to be bowl eligible. So people need to understand that, that it's not about a win. It's about money. 100% this is about money. Furman and Rhode Island are not good FCS teams. If we don't win both of those games – Fire Fuente after the game. If we don't win both of those uh, FCS fire games, him. we're not going to win six or five. No, any, any and you fire him immediately. Yeah. If he loses to Rhode Island or Furman, I don't care if it's the first or second game of the year, you fire him. Okay. But, I'm not worried about that happening, so I'll accept that as as uh, gospel right there. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, let's move on 
to. But I'm not going to that game. I'll tell you that much. And that's gonna that's a hard home schedule for Virginia Tech like next I'm year. I'm not going. See, Why would you go to that? Home. That there's nothing. There's nothing all season. I mean, you get UVA's on the road. I guess a Thursday night game is gonna be the only draw against a like North Carolina or something. That's going to be it. But that's the thing. And look, I'm a big Virginia Tech fan. And I, I guess this is where maybe just because I like sports in general, it's hard for me when I go to a game. That That's your day. Like you're oh, there yeah. for the entire day. So yep. the I want it to be a good game if I'm going. Um, I, Sorry, Rhode Island doesn't get me jazzed. It's why I don't go to a lot of JMU games. I can't get jazz for poor CAA teams or for bad out-of-conference games. Like, I, I yeah, I don't get jazz for Rhode Island when JMU's playing them. So I, why would I get jazz when Virginia Tech's playing them? It, it's hard. It would be hard to get me to go to that. I, I, yeah. I think if someone said, hey, I have tickets, do you want to go? I'd probably say no, unless it was like a really good friend that I haven't seen in a while and it was just to hang out with them. But because otherwise, hey, if the game's on TV, I can watch it, and then when I get bored, I'll watch an actual game being played. I'm well, I'll I'll still watch it on TV, and I I'm just that way with tech. I'll sit there and watch even if it's a bad game. Now I might have a second TV set up in the room, but I'll sit there and have the game on the TV. I, the only reason I'd go is social reasons, and honestly, that's what draws me to about any games anymore is social reasons, and I that's probably more age than anything. Um, but yeah, it, it's it it's a tough home schedule for Virginia Tech next year. I I think that's probably the other side of why they did this second FCS game is just to have that extra home game to try because there's there's a there's 50,000 people that are coming no matter what so you know you're going to make that money so I it's it's going to be tough for Virginia Tech Wit is going to have a tough year next year um there better be some good stuff on the backside uh scheduling wise if we're going to drop you know we dropped half the ECU games there better be better than second FCS game in the future yeah no I agree uh let's move on to the NFL Leland uh Big week of playoff football. Uh, we'll save the Ravens game for last because that's going to take the most time here. But <laughs> the Colts uh, beat the Texans in a rather dominating fashion. The score says 21 to 7. It was not that close. Um, the Indianapolis Colts controlled that ball game, which kind of surprised me. Now they're going to go to Kansas City and play uh, Saturday uh, eve- early afternoon or late afternoon uh, game against the Chiefs in a big and- game there. And I, I mean, uh, you go. You go ahead. The Colts' defense looks so good there against the Texans. So if they're able to slow the Chiefs down, who have no defense That's, themselves, mm-hmm. and Andrew Luck can do some things, and they run that balanced offense, I, I mean, I'm kind of, I, I'm not against the Chiefs here, but. That man, if I had to pick an upset this week, that's probably the one I'm going with because mm-hmm. uh, the Colts, they're not terrible, and where the way that they're good is going to hurt the Chiefs. So it's going to be an interesting game there at 4.30. That's the worst time slot media-wise, and I really do think that's – I'm really interested in that game. I'm really going to keep tabs on that at least in the second half. See, I think that is – that might be an upset. I wouldn't – I still think the Chargers – I like them over the Patriots. Um, but In the cold weather at New England. Yeah, man. I don't think that's going to matter. But – um. Yeah, yeah. I, I, Early game the Chiefs have Sunday. no defense. The Chiefs have no defense. Yeah, that really affected them this week. Um, but the the I mean, Chiefs have no defense. Terrible. They nearly got beat by the crappy Ravens. I don't I don't know what to say. Uh, they were playing a defense that was number one in the league. Yeah, uh, but 
The Chiefs have no defense, so that's that's an equalizer there. And the Colts have beaten the Chiefs before in the playoffs. And I know this year's different because they have Patrick Mahomes, but I, Patrick Mahomes came down to earth a little bit there at the end of the year, and I, I think the Colts might be a problem for Andy Reid. But it's possible. I think so. I mean, I agree with you. I think you're right. They got to step up and play some defense. That's for sure. Looking to the next game that happens uh, chronologically after that, the All Star game. This is what uh, the networks wanted the most. Dallas going to the L.A. Rams, two big football markets. Uh, Dallas, a national team market against the L.A. Rams. There, it's gonna be a good one at night. Um, again, Dallas's defense is probably going to do serve them well there and the Rams are going to have to show up. I, I think they can. I, I just didn't see when they were playing, a, coming back down to earth, using that phrase again. I, I just still saw some positives there where I think they might be able to kind of get it going again. And so I, I just have, I'm just not as negative on them. I also don't want Dallas to win. So that's probably the other side of my thinking. Ezekiel Elliott is really good, and the Rams' defense cannot stop the run, so that's going to be an issue. The question is, can the Rams' offense put up enough points? Uh, Because like the Chiefs, the Rams don't play defense. So, yeah, I'd say I'd like the Rams in this game, but uh, to be honest, Leland, if the road team won each game this week, would not be surprised. I, I could see the road team winning any one of these games. Yeah, this is the most open, wide open year of playoffs I can remember. I think last week was pretty wide open and approved that way. I think my picks went terribly. And then this week, I, I the agree. The Cowboys were the only home team win. to win this week, yeah. And, I, and like you're used to the Patriots just being that dominant force. They, they haven't looked like that most of the – really the whole season. They just haven't looked like the Patriots. And that's why I'm down on them. Now, do they pull it together and, and go? Maybe they do, but I don't recall them really doing that. In the past, every I mean, they're always getting that first round by and they're always getting there this year. They got to do a little bit less and still earn that. So I just I have no faith in them doing that. And uh, I I like like Dallas. I hope the Patriots lose, too. No, I hope the Patriots definitely lose. Yeah. Um, The Eagles, they beat the Bears off just and look, Cody Parkey is getting killed, but the ball did get tipped. It got tipped. tipped. And I'm surprised the ball even got that far. Um, but the Eagles win uh, with more dark black magic that, that is in that city. Uh, they summon the demons to help them win (laughs) and they get past the bears and move on to the saints. And hopefully, uh, you know, there's a little saintly, uh, activity going on Sunday at four o'clock and drew Brees and we'll do God's work and just put the <laughs> Eagles down and knock them out of the playoffs. Cause I, mean, man, Saints, I do not like the Eagles. The saints are who I picked for my NFC in the preseason. So I'm sticking with them. So I'm definitely cheering for them. Like Drew B breeze. All that's fine. Uh, if the Eagles win, I wouldn't be shocked, but uh, it'll I wouldn't be, a fun be shocked, game to watch. but I will be really upset. I, I think it'll be a fun game to watch. Cause I, I yeah. don't think it'll be any kind of blowout. I think, if the Eagles, if the Saints get going, I think the Eagles can keep up. So, so that's, I, I'm still going to take the Saints there, but yeah, it wouldn't shock me if the Eagles won. And then you'd be, I mean, you're talking a lot about Foles if they win that game. I mean, what he's been able to do these last two seasons coming in, that's, that's crazy. You trade Carson Wentz. If he wins uh, this game against yeah. the, against the Saints, you trade Carson Wentz. That guy's been injured two years in a row. What's he got? Yeah. I, I, yeah. 
I, I'm not going to argue at that point at the moment. Let's let's see what happens before I buy into it, but I'm not going to argue against it. All right, Ravens, go. <laughs> well, let's say, I mean, the Chargers are playing the Patriots, uh, so that'll be a good game. That's Sunday at 1. So why do the Chargers get to play? Uh, because uh, because unlike, apparently I'm the only one that watched this game uh, because judging by the national media, and we'll talk about my problems with the national media's portrayal of that game uh, more in depth Sad. here later but (laughs) i saw a guy who does not belong in the national football league like i said when he came when he got drafted and i bought into it a little bit because he played some really really bad teams he played four of the worst defenses on our seven and one run he lost to one of those the kansas city chiefs and when our defense balled out against the kansas city chiefs and held them scoreless until the very last drive of the fourth quarter. And how does Lamar Jackson celebrate the defense finally caving and giving the Chiefs a lead in a tie ball game to tie the game up? Well, then he proceeds to fumble and try to have him win it in regulation. And fortunately, their kicker wouldn't let him. Um, But we lose that game in overtime because Lamar Jackson is allergic to moving the ball and throwing the ball. Uh, I'm sorry. He had 25 yards passing after three quarters. And... Here's what I want to ask all these people defending him, uh, because I I question whether they're actual Ravens fans or whether they're fans of Lamar Jackson and just what he represents, like a scrambling quarterback. Uh, if Joe Flacco had 25 yards passing after three quarters, are are we going to say Joe Flacco got us to the playoffs? Why are we crucifying Joe Flacco? No, we're going to crucify Joe Flacco, and I'll be there with you. That's my point. I don't care who it is. If they have 25 yards after three quarters, you're yanking them because they're not getting it done and they're a mess. But what people want to look at is, oh, well, he had the, he almost had that fourth quarter comeback. We were down 20 points in the San Diego Chargers, along with everybody else in the country, apparently except for me. Their job is now to make sure Lamar Jackson doesn't jump off a bridge after the game because it's make him feel good about himself. The Chargers stopped blitzing. They stopped playing tight coverage and basically played prevent defense. Our offense goes down the field with wide open receivers for two drives to get scores. And when it's a game, what do the Chargers do? They start to ramp it up the pressure. And how do we lose the game? Lamar Jackson fumbles. Wow, what a surprise. The guy who fumbles when there's no one around him and someone in the stadium somewhere coughs and I guess scares him like a baby deer. So he drops the ball for no reason. And then we're sitting around like, oh, wow, Lamar Jackson has a turnover problem. Oh, yeah, wow. It's almost like he's done this his entire career. He has 40 turnovers in his last 47 games going back to college. Guess what that means? A three-year NFL career, and you're done. You are done. You're playing in the AAF or whatever that commercial was for CBS that I was watching during the game. Because let me tell you... there is a part of that game, and I know the intro into this, Leland, you haven't heard it because I just made it, but it is <laughs> the I'm going to be more positive, not off to a great start, <laughs> uh, because I was seeing red for three and a half quarters of that game because our defense is out there playing their hearts out. And I feel so disgusted for that defense because they went out there and totally played amazing football the entire game. And they couldn't get it done because our offense literally couldn't move the ball. 
and you don't go to Joe Flacco because question mark. Well, we don't want to hurt his feelings. Uh, we don't we don't want to hurt his development in the future. Development in the future. You're in a playoff game right now. You have a guy who has won a playoff game every, at least one playoff game every year he's been in the playoffs. He's a Super Bowl MVP, and you leave him on the bench for somebody's feelings. I uh, get ready. Uh, forget his feelings. I don't care if Lamar Jackson goes <laughs> home and cries tonight. He is a terrible football player who has zero future because guess what? It took a team three weeks to figure him out. Three weeks to figure him out. You don't think every other team in the NFL saw what the Chargers did and aren't, aren't going to do that next year? And I got news for you, folks. Lamar Jackson's not going to turn into a better passer because he is what he is, and it's a bad quarterback. It's a good athlete, bad quarterback. He is going to fail on a grand scale. And Leland, I know you're waiting to jump in here. I see you <laughs> telling me to wrap it up. I got one more thing. And I'm it's, playing music. It's I'm, my, I'm playing the walk-off music here. It's my, <laughs> it's my social media post on my Facebook, and I don't know if you saw it, but I know some friends did. ESPN had the audacity. I'm finally over it, right? 30 minutes after the game, I'm like, you know what? I'm over it. It's fine. What It Rangers is what it better. is. That's good. We're That's done. Yeah. We're not going anywhere. We're going to trade John Harbaugh. We're going to trade Joe Flacco, and we are going to spiral into last place in a grand ball of fire, yes, and I it'll love be all over. This, just to be clear, I love all of it. It's yeah. going to be great. Um, <laughs> As a Steelers but fan, then but... I get ready to go to bed. I just see this ESPN post like first youngest quarterback to start in a playoff game. And I don't even remember what the other two things are because I was like, I just read the caption and it was like, the future is bright. And I was like, what the hell is this? Did no one watch this game? Did everyone just look at the box score and go, oh, wow, the Ravens almost came back. Lamar Jackson did really good. Oh, yeah. Lamar Jackson had a great comeback from the mess he made. If your baby craps itself and then rubs it <laughs> rubs it all over the walls you're not saying the baby did a great job cleaning the diaper you're saying what the hell just happened <laughs> i'm sorry that was a dirty diaper on national television that is totally inexcusable you know what else is bright espn a supernova and that's when a star dies and that's exactly what we saw we saw the star and i'm using quotes for the people listening of lamar jackson implode on itself and now it's going to turn into a black hole and suck this franchise into last place go and i appreciate it i love i love it as a steelers fan i love everything you just said because i think i think you're dead on and i think they should they they need to get rid of flacco get yeah get jim harbaugh out of there sounds great i appreciate the text john whatever harbaugh it is that none of them win championships uh, except, except when they play john. each other except when they play each other. oh my god um so anyway I appreciate it. I, I'll get to what I was doing during the first half of that game uh, later. But when I got done with this, I get to my my phone and it's like, I changed my ch- or I I changed it. Let it go down on record or whatever that I changed it at nine nothing or something. Like you yeah. wanted to establish when you stopped watching, and then the text. No, no, no. I I no. I didn't stop watching. I watched the whole game. My what I was saying was let. I want to go on record saying I would have changed quarterbacks at nine nothing. But definitely uh, when it was well, fifteen to three. I thought you were changing off. Or definitely so, when it was fifteen to three. Yeah, fifteen. But to still, three. yeah, the text kept coming after that of uh, how angry you were. So I caught up to the game and saw what was happening. And I saw, hey, uh, yeah, Lamar Jackson looked good when I watched. So, uh, <laughs> but I only watched fourth quarter. But yeah, it wasn't good. It's been established. It wasn't good. I'm not going to harp on it anymore uh, unless you uh, just want to agree with me uh, because I agree. I, he's. He's not. He is Robert Griffin III at best. That's and offensive to RG3 because RG3 can throw the ball better. Yeah. 
It, it probably is. So I agree with you. I agree with you. He's not Michael Vick. Uh, Michael no. Vick's Michael Vick's failures really came from off the field issues. He was a solid player. He went into Green Bay, won a playoff game. He was a solid football player. He got suspended for not what happened on the field. So he is no Michael Vick. That's that's for sure. And 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 in on the football sense purely. And uh, I, maybe we'll see someone else come along that is. But this isn't that. I was going to say, and look, we played some bad teams that second half when we went on that run. I got news for you. If Joe Flacco was the quarterback, I don't know if we win all the games that Lamar did, but we pro- if our defense plays exactly the same way, we probably do because those are you're, bad teams. You're probably and, not making the playoffs. You're probably not. I think you guys would have lost at least one more game. I think you had a little bit of spark there from emotional stuff that might've helped you. And also if, if the world's going to change like that, then the Steelers probably don't crap the bed on two different games and give that away and let uh, you in the playoffs. I don't so. know. Um, but you're right. And it's this thing with the national media. Like they want to portray this as some, like the NFL's being taken over by the scrambling quarterbacks. This is a new day in the NFL. It's not. And let me save you for when the next one comes along. You're wrong. That kid's going to fail, too, because you have to be able to throw the ball. You know who the exception to the rule was? Michael Vick. And he, he got arrested, and he killed dogs and went to jail, and he, that was the end of that. <laughs> Randall Cunningham. So much it, for me saying it nicely a minute ago. Randall Cunningham was the other <laughs> exception. But I'm sorry. Those are once-in-a-generation players. You're not – I'm sorry. This They aren't taking over the league. Russell Wilson is this generation's Michael Vick. That That's it. I'm sorry. End of story. That's as good as it gets if you're a scrambling like, quarterback as Russell Wilson. And that's the thing. Like, Michael Vick, I mean, wasn't it like Steve Young that went and, like, talked to him and, like, talked about his game? And, like, because Steve Young was the Michael Vick before Michael Vick. He could yeah. run the ball. He could pass And Randall it. Cunningham, like, that's yeah. What it, that's what it takes. So, like, that's what they need to work on with Lamar Jackson if they want to have any hope is his ability to throw the ball and depend on a breakdown for him to use his athletic ability and then hopefully not get hurt. But he's got to be able to throw the ball down the field. And every year we see quarterbacks win the Super Bowl that can throw the ball down the field. And, I mean, we've seen it with uh, a guy named uh, Tom Brady in New England. We've seen it with Drew Brees. We've seen it with Eli Manning He when he used to throw the ball. We saw it with Peyton Manning who – Controlled the game by throwing the ball. Maybe not as deep, but controlling the game that way. Uh, what do both the quarterbacks in Philadelphia do? Uh, Wentz and Foles, they both throw the ball downfield. So I I agree with you. And these teams that are on the rise, like the Rams and the Chiefs, that's what those players have to do is throw the ball. And Mahomes can throw the heck out of it. And uh, in L.A., uh, he can throw a ball well, really, really well, too. So it's it's – it's what you got to do, and Baltimore doesn't have that in place right now. Yeah, Dak they, can scramble. They need, keep, they need to keep Flacco, and they're not going to. No, they're not, because we're dumb. And uh, look, Dak can scramble, but he's a better passer than Lamar Jackson. I got news for you, Ravens fans. We got the worst quarterback in the draft class, because Josh Allen is a better passer. And if the Buffalo Bills weren't the Buffalo Bills, if we had Josh Allen, we would have beat the San Diego Chargers, because at least Josh Allen can throw a football. Lamar Jackson can't, and he's just going to be bad. And you know what? Our schedule next year, I looked at it. Spoiler alert, we're a five- or six-win team. So just stop. Cleveland, good for you. You're going to win the division next year because the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to kill each other in the locker room, 
and the Cincinnati Bengals are the Cincinnati Bengals and the Baltimore Ravens have decided to let themselves slip into obscurity because we don't want to hurt Lamar Jackson's feelings. And that's what it matters. That's all that matters at the end of the day is how Lamar Jackson sleeps at night. Jump into the Steelers because you mentioned them there. I mean, I'm a big Steelers fan. I hate this drama that surrounds this team for the last five years. It's they don't have good leadership in the locker room. And that starts with the head coach, but also the veteran players aren't doing the right the right stuff there. And so I, I'm I'm near the point of blow it up. Um, I when when Bell wasn't coming back when he was holding out, I was kind of okay with that because running backs are replaceable, and I think we saw that this year with the Steelers. Brown is a heck of a wide receiver, and he's a lot harder to replace. But I, if it's almost like if we're going to get rid of him, let's just do a full makeover of what they're like. Let's just give up for a couple of years and, and have a three year plan of trying to get back to headed in the right direction. Cause uh, I don't like, I don't like all this drama coming out of that team. And uh, that's why they played the what season they did. They were uh, bad early and then they got going and they should have been able to keep that going, but no locker room drama tore it apart. And um, that's, they deserve it. And uh, I'm a Steelers fan and, but they deserve what they have because they are not disciplined. I think that's the captain of the ship there. Mike Tomlin. I don't yeah. know how he's still there, but I'm not quick to fire any coach. And especially with the Steelers who have only had like three head coaches ever. Um, I'm, I'm, I am, I, I'm not quick to call for that, but uh, I see the writing on the wall. There is a clock ticking. You're uh, seven, two and one, and you don't make the playoffs. And yeah. now you have all this drama coming out. It, yeah. That's him. It's not good. It's got to go. not good, but they won't fire him. No, I mean, they, they would have already. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, the clock's ticking. It is. It really is. And and I, I see some signs of him. Uh, he didn't bring Porter back as a coach. I hope there's there's there is other changes going on there. I want to see I want to see those get followed through. So maybe he can be the captain of the rebuild. But I am really close to just being completely okay with just just blow it up, tell everybody to get out. So um, let's go on to I, our last NFL topic. Not a not a fun topic. <laughs> no. Well, it's not a fun topic, but I'm gonna. I talked about the national media once and my problems with the media on this story. Uh, the skins Ruben Foster having his charges dropped. Everybody couldn't wait to jump on the Redskins when they claimed him, saying, how could you claim a guy that has this kind of thing surrounding him? And my only hesitation on jumping on the Redskins on that is, this is the same person who admitted they made up charges about him before. And wouldn't you know, there's not any evidence to to press charges according to the police who did an actual investigation that's weird color me not surprised and the media doesn't want to talk about it now it's it's just a quick little thing on the bottom line oh uh, charges dropping against Ruben foster uh moving on to the nfl playoffs now uh i'm sorry the redskins made a great calculation here they got a guy on his rookie contract which you and I listen to Tony Kornheiser, and Tony Kornheiser goes, well, they didn't have to claim him. They could have got him on a cheaper deal. You lit- it's literally impossible. You can't get a guy cheaper than his rookie deal. It is against the CBA. You have to pay him a veteran minimum at that point. And at that point, it's too late. You're paying him more money, and at this point, you would be competing against 32 other te- or 31 other teams for his services. And here's my problem, right? And I think this is more of a team named the Washington Redskins, which if that's your problem with the team, that's fine. Come out and say it that I, that's a different argument, but just say that's your problem. Oh, like the the Redskins mascot. Yeah. That the name is the Redskins. If that's your problem with them, come out. That's a different argument, but come out and say that. Um, I think the media has fake outrage 
when it comes to the Redskins, especially local and national media on this issue. Uh, because if they actually cared about this stuff, we wouldn't be so quick to forget uh, when athletes do bad things. Uh, I got news for you. The Redskins aren't the only team to have bad people on their team. Your team and my team both have people with really checkered history. Ray Lewis, who I watched be a prime face of that broadcast there at the very beginning, very checkered history. Uh, I don't <laughs> see anyone writing. Least, yeah. I don't see people writing about how terrible of a person Ray Lewis is anymore. Uh, Big Ben had his run-ins with the law. I don't see people writing on a weekly basis about how terrible it is the Pittsburgh Steelers have Big Ben on their roster. Uh, I don't see the weekly writings about Joe Mixon being on the Bengals or Ezekiel Elliott being on the Dallas Cowboys or Kobe Bryant. Uh, I, I don't. It's like when a player does something good, it's all is forgiven. So why do we even do do this fake outrage? That's my problem with it. If you want to get mad, get mad, take a stand, have the stand the whole time. Don't do this little dance around. And I don't want people listening to this to think I'm attacking them personally because I know you and I have friends who are in the media, but and I, I don't want them to think I'm attacking them personally. But if you're going to get mad, get mad and be mad about it. Don't, don't then be like, oh, this guy's great. I can't believe it. And just totally try to sweep it under the rug later. Take a stand. Yeah. And here's the thing, folks. NFL teams don't care. This is why I totally disagree with the Colin Kaepernick argument of the world about he's being blackballed because if he if nfl teams thought he was any good he'd be playing they don't care what the player does off the field they really don't this is the darkest secret in the nfl nobody cares what a player does off the field if they go and punch a baby they don't care if that guy's going to rush for a thousand yards and score 20 touchdowns they don't care hey adrian peterson on the washington redskins who was involved in child abuse. Do we talk about that now? No, because he had a good year and nobody cares anymore. That is the That's cold, the team hard fact of life. Nobody cares. No team is immune to it. If the player can help them win, and this isn't any sport, they're going to be on the field. If they can't, they won't. I think my outlook on a lot of this changed, uh, you know, probably six, eight years ago. And that's, you know, I have a six-year-old, so it probably is somewhat in relation to that, but it's been hard, uh, you know, idolizing as a kid growing up and still having some of those same kind of thoughts when you're watching sports. And then, you know, big Ben, when all that stuff was going down, I mean, he's the quarterback for my favorite team. So I liked him. And I mean, I have his Jersey. I haven't worn it since all that happened. Cause that I, it, it does. I did react to it. I, I, I still want him to perform well on the field, but I have a different fandom of him specifically after all that went down. Tiger Woods is a good example. Um, the, those were kind of the two major things of fandoms that I had that kind of crumbled apart due to off the field stuff. So I've really tried to now establish my fandom as really just being on the field. Cause you cannot trust what will happen off the field. And, um, it's, it's, that's not a perfect science because you're still going to be rooting for bad guys on the field probably, but it also, I think will even grow to change as my kids start to pay attention to sports and, and know what is being said, how I address that. And so that's me personally as, as a media thing. I mean, this isn't sports media that does this. It's media yeah, it in is. general. They're all out about the negative and, I mean, I, the tweet that I liked last night, and I and if I mistweet it, and I'm not going to give the right, proper credit, but it was like I just went back on Trevor Lawrence's Twitter to find uh, 
um, like racist tweets and uh, could only find that he had dated uh, African-American. And I was like, <laughs> it's so bad that it's standard operation for when someone performs well. It, it was probably a joke the guy made. It probably wasn't something he accurately did. Or, and I don't even know the truth to what he said there. But it's like that is just standard operation. Someone has a good night. Let's go find his terrible tweets from when he was in eighth grade. Yeah, you and, have to stop it, the fake outrage machine. Yeah, that's my and thing. It's just, you're just trying to tear everybody down. And it's not just in sports. It's across the board. It's not just in politics. It's not just in sports. Like I said, I mean, it is across the board. I, what was the, the Chewbacca lady? She put on the Chewbacca mask in the car and was laughing and being real funny. And it was like a viral video. All of a sudden it was like, what terrible thing she had done in the past. It was like, this is terrible. <laughs> it's just like social media has made everybody, everybody's terrible traits that much worse like people just go after each other and it's awful it's exhausting and i, I and look i do want to say I, I don't defend the terrible actions right like i don't defend yeah. what ray lewis is involved in I, it's a terrible terrible thing but i'm just not going to pretend like it matters to nfl owners and i'm not going to pretend like i don't i'm not happy that the ravens won that super bowl because ray lewis was a part of it i i don't think you're not happy about any of the super bowls that the steelers won because big ben was a part of it no, and or if if the Redskins win the Super Bowl, are Redskins fans going to go? Well, I mean, we had Ruben Foster and Adrian Peterson, so I'm, I'm I hate it. I'm not happy. No, well, they're going to be celebrating. In a frozen world because hell would have frozen over if the Redskins actually won a Super Bowl. But yeah, they people would be all about it. They'd be all about Peterson. They'd all be about Ruben Foster. They come out here and have a good year next year. If they make the playoffs next year, they'll be celebrating those guys. And I mean, it, it, that's that is it. I mean, you're not wrong. You're not wrong, and it's. Um, society with the uh, quotes, <laughs> another Billy Madison quote uh, for you tonight. Yeah. Um, where <laughs> it's just, it's, it's not a good trait on any of us. Um, and you know, obviously you and I aren't the ones going back and looking at people's Twitter, Twitter pages, but it happens too often, too easily. Let's talk, let's circle back around to high school for just a second. <laughs> high school wrestling happening this week, Buffalo gap, Robert E. Lee traveling to Riverheads Wednesday night, you might be listening to this Wednesday morning. That's going to be some good wrestling going on there. Gap, Riverheads particularly do well uh, deep into the state playoffs. Lehigh has had strong wrestling programs, uh, good good wrestlers there. So that would be – you're going to catch a wrestling, uh, you know, try at some time uh, this year. That would be a good one to get here during the regular season. Uh, we will catch back up with Tom Jacobs down the road and talk more about wrestling, but just wanted to kind of let everybody know that was happening. All right. Well, before we go to our interview that we have lined up this week, Leland, we would be regretting if we didn't mention uh, some more departures. Uh, yeah. Buffalo Gaps, Andy Klein stepping down as head coach there. Uh, that means wanna... as far as Augusta County schools, I guess, was your point. Uh, but Waynesboro's coach is staying. Uh, Stewart Straft and Wilson, uh, th just three. Oh, and there was Shenandoah. And Fort. Only, only oh. two coaches in the Shenandoah. Well, Fort's coming to the Shenandoah. But two coaches that coached in the Shenandoah last year, only two of them will be back. That that is it. Paige, Loray, and East Rock leave the district, and three coaches left. So only two that coached in the Shenandoah last year will come back. That is Floyd at Stewart's draft, Major at Wilson. Uh, do have a returning coach at uh, Fort Defiance, but they're new to the Shenandoah. So it's going to be a 
fun season to break down as we go into next year. We'll talk about it between now and then, but especially in August, we're gearing up for football. A lot of unknowns, a lot of question marks. It's going to be fun to talk about. You know, with Coach Klein, jumping back to that specific one, I've been hearing rumors of that all season. Uh, I think you and I talked about it at one point that I was hearing that. I know I talked with some of the um, local media about it at different times, and it was just trying to gauge where they thought he was at. Um, so not a shocker there. Um, I mean, I was less surprised than probably Coach Castro, but that's because I'm just not as close with, with that program. But, right. um, I, you know, it was surprising. Um, but, yeah, now for what you're going to say, that's probably the least least good-looking job out there because they have a lot yeah. of holes to fill in this offseason. God one bless whoever takes Redenburg. that job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> man. That person's going to need the patience of Job to get through that job. That's going to be a hard job. I think your old neighbor gets it. I think he just steps right up into that position. Yeah. Well, if he does, I mean, look, whoever it is, best of luck. And if it's Coach Bowers, Bowers, if it's Coach Bowers, good for him, man. Um, He is a great guy, and I hope he can get that program. I hope he proves me wrong. I hope whoever it is proves me wrong. Uh, I I think this is going to be a really, really bad year for Buffalo Gap coming up. Um, But I I hope they prove me wrong and they go to the playoffs and – yeah, they just weren't that deep this year to think that they can fill those holes that quickly. They have some talent. Karakoff was a good running back for them. Uh, Fitzgerald, the quarter, the, the guy that took a lot of snaps, he is back. But they don't have a real quarterback on the roster. So I, I think they're going to have to move some stuff around and do some stuff different. Um, you know, if it is um, if it is Bowers that comes into there, I mean, he was the offensive coordinator, so he knows what he's working with. But um, getting getting some more talent onto that field is going to be a priority, um, and I don't know where they're looking at Buffalo. It's a smaller school. I mean, they're they're not that much bigger than Riverheads. They're they're barely into to two A number wise. So uh, they're they're a smaller school. So you know, it's not just a bunch of athletes walking down the hall. Um, I, but they need any athletes in the school playing. That's for sure. Um, no news really out of Riverheads or Lehigh. Um, I did kind of was given the impression that Lehigh would probably hire someone in the next, you know, four to six weeks area within that. That's fine. Um, There's no rush in high school. So that will be interesting. I have no idea any timelines at Riverheads, uh, but maybe when uh, you're up there covering that basketball game Thursday night, you can start asking some tough questions to the athletic director up there. Probably not. I'm just going to be glad to get a <laughs> table in the middle of the floor. But um, yeah, so uh, really quickly here, Leland, because we just need to, we've, talked a lot already but virginia tech comes in ranked number nine this week they're in the top 10 uh moving up uh after their win against boston college which they dominated and uva stays at number four after their impressive win against florida state which helps virginia tech be allowed to move up virginia tech's dancing around their best ranking ever uh if they would have gone up to eighth is their best record ever best ranking ever in the ap they're still at ninth um but uh, we'll see what happens this week. Uh, a Georgia Tech game is winnable. What happens in front of them? They, they could get to that higher ranking. That would set up very well for what everything's leading to. It feels like is the showdown between Tech and UVA uh, next Tuesday um, at UVA. We're gonna we're gonna be watching. That's for sure. It's uh, gonna be a rough night because I don't know. I'm gonna be stressed. I don't, I don't think it's gonna be a blowout. Be I think it's gonna be a good game. I'm gonna be stressed I, to the max. I do think it'll be a good game. I think we will perform better than Florida State. Florida State just looked surprised that they were getting handled. I think <laughs> Tech knows what they're dealing with. They've they've had they've played them well over the last two years. They they've have. beat them each of the last two years. Yeah. So 
I think it'll be a good game in the least. Hopefully the Hokies can pull it off for our sake, but I, I hope it is a good game no matter what. Even if we, even if Tech loses, I hope it's a good game so we don't fall as far in the rankings. Um, but hey, win and we'll be the best ranked we've ever been ever. So ever. All right. Ever. We got to win for we get to Georgia Tech first. So. Believe it or not, we haven't even gotten to the interview yet. So we'll do the interview now. And that interview is going to be with Travis Patterson of the Rock the Ribbon Shootout. All right. And this week on Yak Sports, we have a very special guest from the Rock the Ribbon Shootout, a round ball shootout going on this coming weekend. Uh, Travis Patterson helps run that tournament. And Travis, thank you for joining us. And let's get started. Um, why? Did this tournament get created? You know, what brought this tournament about? Uh, well, about seven years ago, my wife and I, we were uh, on the Relay for Life committee here in Rockbridge, and we were tossing around ideas of uh, fundraisers. And um, it was funny. It was a Thursday night. I remember that. That's the night we met. And I was supposed to have a, uh, a 930 shotgun for a golf tournament uh, that next morning. And the weather that week uh, was very similar to this week. It was mid-50s, and then uh, all of a sudden, Thursday night, we uh, started getting snow. So my, my shotgun golf tournament ended up going off at uh, 1.30 versus 9.30. So uh, we got to thinking of some, some fundraisers that were, I guess, less impacted by the weather. And uh, I liked what Brian Harmon was doing down in Floyd and the Roy Stanley tournament was going on in Roanoke. And, um, you know, I like that, that foundation that, that they started and I decided to, to try to bring it to Rockbridge. Didn't know how well it was going to be received, but, um, you know, we've got five years in the books now and, and we're tickled with, you know, where we've came. I was going to say, you talk about how, where you started and now, I mean, you've got some big programs coming in, uh, this year. I know on Friday night, Oak Hill is coming. That's one of the top basketball programs in the country, forget Virginia. And then you have a lot of local teams, but you also have some powers in the VHSL as well. I know Rockbridge County's obviously a team that's there, but Spotswood's a team that always seems to be making deep runs. Martinsville, Ari Lee, these are programs with very rich histories. And talk about how the tournament has grown from being just kind of a local thing to now, you know, you're getting in the big names. Absolutely. Absolutely. Our, our event, it started out as a one day. Uh, um, you know, I, I remember our first game, I believe, was was Ridgeview Christian and Life Academy. I didn't know what, what I was going to get. And uh, I always get the rosters about a month in advance and you know put the program together myself. And um, I thought it was a misprint. Life Academy had a couple seventh graders on their varsity roster. And, uh, you know, I didn't know if that was going to be allowed by VHSL or not, but uh, no issue was, was made of it. Um, and then last year uh, was our fifth year, and we decided to uh, to break away from the one-day format and do do the two-day. Uh, we had a, a great sponsor uh, come on board, Alcova Mortgage, uh, Jason Elmantoler. Um, he asked where we wanted to go with our event, and um, you know we sat down and talked about it, and we got them on board, and uh, you know we discussed on you know, who he wanted to have come and uh, what would be good for our event. Uh, last year, uh, we were fortunate enough to, to bring Oak Hill up. Um, they played St. James out of Maryland, and we also had uh, the Greenfield School out of North Carolina. Uh, Greenfield had Kobe White, which I'm an ACC guy. Um, love watching him play uh, for the Tar Heels now. 
he actually came up. They played two games. They played Friday night and Saturday night uh, last year. He broke the tournament record uh, for individual scoring in a loss to then unbeaten Northside. Uh, he, he scored 41 last last January on a Saturday, um, even though they lost. He, he broke the tournament record. But, uh, um, you know, we're very pleased. We're, you know, it's a community first event, uh, which means, you know, regardless of, of who we bring in, we're, we're proud to have our local teams in. Um, every year, uh, you know, we hope to have, uh, you know, the Rockbridge teams, the, the Perry McClure team, um, you know, Augusta County, Chad Coffey, Mike Gale, uh, those guys. Of course, when Jared was at Robert E. Lee, uh, he and I had a lot of conversations about where he would like to see it go. And, um, you know, now that it's in different hands, uh, I'm glad to see, uh, you know, Robert E. Lee stay a part of our event. It's, it's a tradition uh, to have them in here. Uh, like you said, they're very – very historical as far as, you know, when you think of high school basketball in Virginia, it's hard not to think of Robert E. Lee and Martinsville. They've had some, some epic matchups over the years, and it seems like, um, you know, over the last couple decades, it's, it's always came down to, you know, a Martinsville or a Robert E. Lee uh, um, when it gets to Richmond. Yeah, you know, you mentioned the, the clashes between Martinsville and Robert E. Lee. I mean, six times in a state semifinal or championship, and Martinsville's won four of those six. Of course, Robert e. Lee. Uh, being, you know, for for us in Augusta County, the team that we're going to follow, and we're hoping they can get that win. Riverheads goes against Perry McClure right before that on Saturday. Both those games, Saturday 4 and 5.30. Um, but, you know, I know we talked about Oak Hill. That, that's the matchup that leaps out to me. I, I grew up in Winchester, so Hanley is another school I'm very familiar with. Um, and, they, and they play Harrisonburg. But Oak Hill, Bishop Walsh, I mean, uh, Oak Hill is going to be a name that rings with a lot of people that know basketball but maybe not bishop walsh i mean talk about that matchup and what that's going to mean for this tournament it's another marquee matchup well when you think of high school basketball it's hard not to think of oak hill uh they're you know year in year out they're always one of the top teams um you know when it comes to to polls and ranking uh recruits uh this year they come in uh they're coming off a loss a rare loss uh they lost at the uh the palm city classic against a team out of philadelphia Philadelphia. Um, so they've, they've got a great guard, uh, depending on what recruiting service you look at. Uh, he's top five in all of them. Cole Anthony, his, uh, his father played at UNLV and uh, played uh, a dozen or so years in the pros. Um, he's uncommitted at this point, but he is a five-star. Um, they've also got a big guy down low that just recently committed to Illinois, uh, Kofi uh, Coburn. Um, so, you know, they're, they're talented top to bottom. Um, Bishop Walsh, uh, it's first year head coach, Dan Preet. They're, uh, out of Cumberland, Maryland. Uh, Dan was the head coach last year at St. James, uh, St. James matched up against Oak Hill and, um, really played them, played them very well. Uh, they came, uh, 10 points from, you know, from victory last year, Oak Hill claimed a 10 point win, I believe it was 62 to 52. And that was, uh, without their big man. So, um, St. James last year, uh, you know, they had a few players, they had Amir Harris, who's, uh, now a freshman at Nebraska, uh, and a few others that went on to play college ball. Um, but this year, you know, looking at the the roster, you know, they're very long. I believe they had six guys over six six. Um, a lot of foreign talent. I believe there was five or six guys from from countries other than the United States. Um, they also have a six foot seven uh, forward that's committed to play uh, down in Blacksburg for the Hokies. So, uh, again, as an ACC fan, I'm excited to see. Um, you know, one of one of our own 
um, you know, in a high school uniform and, and see you know, how they progress. Um, but I talked to Dan this week. He's excited. He's uh, thrilled that they're playing uh, Oak Hill. Uh, he thinks that they're going to match up well. And, um, you know, he said that he feels like they've, they've got a better team this year, uh, even though it's his first year, than uh, St. James was last year. So um, anxious to see that. And of course, like I said, Oak Hill's coming off a loss. Uh, they've had uh, the Christmas break now and, and New Year's break to to kind of work the kinks out, but um, I'm anxious to see that one. It should be should be a good matchup. Yeah, and we would be remiss uh, on our end for Augusta County not to mention that Stewart's Draft playing that first night, opening night. They're the the last game at 8:45. Stewart's Draft playing Chatham, and that'll be a big game for the Cougars, who you guys have brought in uh, on this two day event as well. Right. Yeah. Stewart's draft has been a part of our event, I believe, each year. Um, I reached out to Coach Gale when we first started this, and uh, I, I love their style of play. Uh, of course, I'm, I'm up in Lexington, and, and Duger Balkum, uh, you know, was a VMI, and uh, they ran a very similar um, mass substitution and, you know, hectic defense and uh, threw up a lot of shots, scored a lot of points. Um, I love watching those guys play. Uh, it's very exciting. Uh, lots of points on the board. They, uh, in our first couple of years, they played Alta Vista. And, uh, you know, Alta Vista uh, was two, I believe, three-time state champions uh, when they had Juan Thornhill and, uh, you know, the Twins were there. And, you know, they played uh, Stewart's Draft, and they set the scoring record. I forget what the record was. I want to say combined score, it was like 195 points or something. Something ridiculous. You don't really see that in high school basketball very often. But um, I'm excited to see them. Uh, newcomers, you mentioned John Hanley earlier. Uh, you know, they're very solid 4A squad. Um, Harrisonburg, Coach Burgess has got those guys playing well. They, they made a trip to the state tournament last year in 5A. So um, a lot of good quality basketball the first night. I don't know a whole lot about Chatham. Um, I know they're athletic. They're young, uh, but they're athletic. They played, I believe, in the Northside tournament uh, over the holiday. But um, I don't know a whole lot about them. But, uh, you know, the other five teams that, that we've mentioned, um, you know, a lot of quality basketball players and, you know, should be some, some good games. And you mentioned, you know, relay for life and this being a big part of what you guys are about there. And, uh, to talk about, you know, for our listeners, how they can help with that cause. Well, uh, you know, the American cancer society, um, as a nonprofit, all money goes to cancer research, prevention, uh, services. Um, you know, we're, we're excited. You know, this is a worthy cause here in Rockbridge. It's, you know, you can probably go through the community and take a, a poll. And, and I'd be surprised if, you know, one out of 10 people um, hasn't been affected in one way uh, by cancer, you know, whether it be uh, themselves a survivor or, you know, a caretaker, a family member, a friend, um, or, you know, or the neighbor down the street, someone has been impacted in some way by cancer. And, um, you know, hopefully one day we can, you know, raise enough money and have enough prevention to where, you know, cancer is a thing of the past. You know, that's, that's our ultimate goal. It would be nice to be able to, to come up with a vaccination or uh, some kind of treatment that would, you know, end this terrible disease. Um, but, you know, in Augusta County, I know uh, Augusta does a Relay for Life. I believe it, it alternates, uh, if I'm not mistaken, from the high schools. And, you know, I know Rockingham County has, has a big Relay for Life, but, um, you know, all these events, um, you know, go for the same same purpose. You know, that's to to make people live longer, uh, have more birthdays. That's one of their 
uh, mottos, um, and and it's working. I, I don't have the statistics in front of me, but um, you know, survival rates now compared to 20 years ago uh, are a lot, you know, more effective. They're a lot uh, better. Um, so in the past, it was it was a dark word. Uh, you know, if you heard the word cancer, uh, you know, UK cancer, it's still you know very dark and gloomy, scary. Um, but there's there's more room for light at the end of the tunnel. There's a lot more treatment. Um, but ultimately, it'd be nice to uh, to be able to work to you know put a put an end to it. All right. Yeah. Of course. And uh, again, thanks for all that you guys are doing down there in Rockbridge County and with this Rock the Ribbon Round Ball Shootout. I mean, that's a some great basketball as well. We encourage people to, you know, support their relay for life and American cancer society as well as enjoying this great basketball. But Travis, we'll get you out of here on a question that we ask a lot of the people that we interview. Um, is there anything you're watching on Netflix or TV or movie you've seen recently that you really liked and uh, you want to tell the people about? Well, I have a three and a half year old. So I highly recommend Smallfoot. <laughs> All right. If uh, you have a, a small child, Smallfoot is, is where it's at. I'm not much of a movie guy. I watch a lot of a lot of sports and athletic events, but um, as far as movies go, that's about the uh, the extent of my movie watching for the last month or so. So not a whole lot of insight for you there, but um, I appreciate you guys having me on. Hope hopefully I uh, get some decent weather this weekend. And no Friday should be good. Um, Saturday, hopefully we can push the, the snow away, but we'll see. Um, but you know, everyone come on out and, and enjoy some basketball, Rockford County. All right. Well, yeah, I mean, you're, you're exactly right about that weather. Hopefully it holds off and we can get this basketball tournament in and I look forward to seeing you in person, uh, this weekend at the tournament. And again, thanks for coming on. Travis It means a lot to us here at Yak Sports. All right. And I do want to mention as well that ESPN 12 for the boss Leland and I will be at the rock the ribbon shootout there in Lexington, Virginia to call the, the river round ball shootout round ball shootout uh, riverheads and Perry McClure <laughs> at four o'clock on Saturday, January 12th. And that will be followed immediately uh, scheduled start time, five 30 Martinsville and R E Lee. Yeah. Two good games there. I know you're getting on the radio Thursday calling East rock at yep. riverheads. Um, and then I'll join you there Saturday. So some good basketball on ESPN 1240. Make sure you listen. Um, we will surely argue with each other at some point on Saturday. So tune in for that if you can't wait till next next week for it. But let's get into what's dominating our lives. I'm going to let you go first because yours is funnier. <laughs> Mine is funnier. Um, what is dominating my life is we mentioned the Bears missing the field goal on the tipped uh, kick from Cody Parkey off the upright and then the crossbar. What you may not have seen, and if you didn't, you need to go back and watch it. When you're watching it, just watch any clip of the kick. You'll see it. Because he's under the goalpost is the Bears mascot. And when the kick is missed, you just see him drop to his knees and then fall <laughs> to his side. And it is great. I, look, I, I made my opinion very well known that I was absolutely disgusted with the Eagles winning that game. But I have watched that video 20 <laughs> times since last night and it's just because i laugh every time it is amazing and that mascot should be promoted to head of mascots i hope he has life alert because he he fell and he couldn't get up i mean it was it was tough it was i mean you could just see his heartbreak there was a simpsons clip back in 94 where like lisa uh gets mad at the at 
um, the kid that had given her the uh, Valentine's or something. I think it was Martin or, or one of the kids. And uh, they no like were, 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 were uh, rewinding the video. And they're like, look, you can see the actual moment his heart breaks. Like, that's what happened to that mascot. You could just see his spirit get sucked from him as it just hits that pole and then still moving towards being good and then hits the bottom post and goes away. It was just... It was entertaining. You said it. You said something about it immediately. I had seen it on the on TV, like on one of the replays. I I, I, I laughed at it, but I mean, it took off this week, and that was good. I when well, my response to you actually was talking about one of the graphics earlier in that game. They had a Bears defense graphic that rivaled the Buffalo Gap Bison's red eyes. I mean, I it was it. a bear from hell playing great defense and being very menacing. And I've thought about it uh, at two in the morning since then. I I didn't watch the game because it was too fresh from the other game that yeah day. you're still you know punching holes in the drywall right i had to play some red dead to get over it yeah <laughs> all right so what's dominating my life a little update where i'm gonna do this every week but hey the the youth girls basketball at riverheads the season started the black team got going that's coached by uh yours truly leela mccray features seven very hard playing girls we went up against the future of riverheads uh girls basketball this week <laughs> I, I mean, the other team, very well coached, good team, good group of girls. But one in particular, I'm not over-exaggerating. She had 40 points. Oh, God, Leland. <laughs> we, we didn't have 40 points. <laughs> Where was your defense? That sounds like coaching. She, she was as tall as any girl on the court. Yeah. And athletic. My brother-in-law said, I'm pretty sure you could have put me in the game and it wouldn't have gone any better. Like that yeah. girl... Is a is the best second grade basketball player. I'm not qualifying that with with girls or youth or best basketball player I've ever seen in second grade. Now I didn't watch LeBron when he was in second grade, but this this girl was good. She was dominating. I'm worried that she's just going to go through the season just dominating every single week. And how much better will she get? But I'm sure their her their coaches they're good. They'll they'll push her to get better. But I'm going to go ahead and mark a couple L's down for the next times we play those girls because that one girl alone was just manhandling us. Now, with what about your team? Were you impressed yeah. with the effort? Oh, our effort was there. I have no complaints about my That's team. Good. It was about the third basket from this this young girl uh, where I I was like, okay, we got to do something better. And then the next time, oh, we got to do this. And then the third time, it was just like, okay, that girl's going to beat us. But everybody <laughs> else looked good. Everybody uh, else had when, fun. When that, court, when that girl was out for some time periods, we played about even, I thought. Maybe not quite, but played fairly even. So um, that's going to be the responsibility of her, their, that girl's coach, our, our coach, me, and uh, the other team that's in our league to get the rest of these girls up to her level because they're going to have to play with her eventually. But I'm looking forward to next year when I'm not coaching against that girl. I mean, I, honestly, I think she could go up to that, the league above and, and, and still have a lot of domination. So, But my team, they came out, they battled. Now, what I was saying, the scheduling – has us playing the same team again next week. So I'm looking for improvement. I want to hold her to 30. All right. <laughs> well, so I'll let you go with what you know that we need to know because that's staying what, at the local level. What I need know that you need to know is that we've had some news with some local basketball players playing at the next level. Uh, we, I, I don't know if I talked about this last week, but uh, Darius George for Marshall, he was over at UVA playing uh, on New Year's Eve or right around then. You did. Um, mm -hmm. So that was that was fun to see. But some local people, some local names that you're going to recognize getting you know awards for how good they've been playing. Justin Kyer, he played at Spotswood. 
he might have been – I mean, he definitely at the time was, say, I said, the best player I'd ever uh, watched in person continually. Um, he was – he's been doing great at George Mason. He's kind of – he's high on lists for, um, you know, combination of points and assists and rebounds. He's having a good season. He was the um, – a 10 player of the week this past week at George Mason. So uh, Justin Kyer doing good things up there. If you have a chance to watch George Mason, watch Kyer up there. Cause uh, he used to, you know, dominate the Valley district just the same. Also Leah Calhoun at Mary Baldwin university. She was player of the week uh, for them for the USA South conference. Uh, she's been averaging a double double in her last three games. Her season average is 17 points, nine rebounds. Uh, but just over these past couple games, some real big games where she's had uh, 32 points and 15 rebounds. She had 17 points and nine rebounds the next game. And then the next day came out with 25 and 14 rebounds. So four double doubles on the season. Uh, she's led them to a 10 and two record oh, part, partly led them to a 10 and two record. And that's the most wins Mary Baldwin's women's basketball's had since 2010. So make sure you're paying attention to that. She's fresh out of Buffalo gap. Her and uh, Hannah Varner, both of them are big parts of that Mary Baldwin team. So uh, that's probably a game, you know, get out there and support them because they did great things at Buffalo Gap, led them to a state championship last year, and they're taking it to the next level and really playing well. you got to really cheer for that. I was saying Mary Baldwin just up the road too, so not, not like you have to drive a long way to see them. Definitely not. Uh, what I know that you need to know, uh, we're going to go back to a little bit of history here. Uh, usually we record this on Mondays, as people have figured out by now. Um, but obviously, with the national championship game, we bumped that back. Uh, the first presidential election was held on January 7th, 1789. So this week in history, back in 1789, the first presidential election was held. And obviously, uh, George Washington elected president in that first election uh, in a landslide, uh, unopposed, I believe. Lion George, did he win? Yep. <laughs> yeah. Lion George Washington. I wonder if they did make up names for each other uh, as the uh, through the primary. I'm telling season. you, should look at some election history. There is some terrible, terrible things being I've said in some campaigns. Before. It's I'm telling. It's not new. It's not new. Yeah, I uh, I wish that wasn't the case. I wish uh, <laughs> we could it's make not. that great again. And there was like a time period where it was all more pleasant than it's been by both sides. Not saying one side or the other. Um, but yeah. I it's I just tune politics out <laughs> as much as I can and try to grab onto the big things. Um, but yeah, it's cool that that was the first election. Um, so when did they move it to uh, November, Mister Poly Science Political Science Major? I don't know the answer. I would assume that was in November. Oh no, that was held in January. I just it's <laughs> <laughs> your note. So yeah, when do they move it to November? That's what I want to know. Please do your homework. I think we all are waiting to hear. Uh, I want to. I'm going to judge JMU's political science department based on your uh, quickness to respond to me personally. The listeners can wait a week. Yeah. We well, you got up. homework too. You were going to look something up. I don't remember what it was now, but it's probably something sports related. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, so yeah, big things happened uh, a long time ago. There you go. All right, Leland, <laughs> take us out. All right, so make sure we listen to Joe this week. On Thursday, he's solo. On Saturday, you get the both of us. We'll be back next week. There'll be a lot of basketball to talk next week, uh, both high school and college, and we're going to be – we're not sure exactly how our podcast is going to come out around the UVA game, um, but we know we'll be watching that next week, so we might 
uh, talk about that a touch, but a lot, the ACC season's getting going, so a lot to be watching, and also maybe some uh, talk about some of those results from that big wrestling match happening at Riverheads this week. Thank you for listening to Joe Deck and myself, Leland McRae, this week. Uh, hopefully, um, last week's two episodes didn't get you spoiled. You can wait a whole week this time. But uh, if not, tune in to us on the radio Thursday and Saturday, and we look forward to hear- talking to you again next week on the Yak Sports Podcast. You've been listening to Yak Sports, your Augusta County sports podcast.